You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Nam, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we're, uh, we're continuing now with the uh, sixth chapter of the Tomer Devorah. We, um, I, I was hoping that we were going to um, start, uh, start, you know, a, a real gallop last week and, uh, and and push through the last half of the book. My, my goal was um, to, to finish around Purim time with the book so that uh, we could uh, learn something new um, relating to Passover and then and then start a, a new uh, course of study entirely. I'm not sure if that uh, goal is attainable, but we'll see how it works. But we're going to continue with chapter six today. And anyway, chapter six, if you remember from last week, deals with the uh, virtue of gvura, which means uh, power or um, or or dean is it's often called, which is judgment or justice. Uh, and if you Think back to uh, the uh, the chart of the Svirot, um, which is uh, drawn as a diagram to to look almost like a human being. Uh, that uh, that gvura is or din is the uh, left side of that chart, right? uh, as it were, the left hand of God, uh, and the right side is chesed or kindness. Uh, and these two virtues are understood to to balance each other out, right? You couldn't have a world um, that 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 was filled with uh, with only with God's compassion, only with God's kindness, um, a boundaryless love. Right? Anybody who has uh, children, you know, knows that. And I one uh, one day in the not too distant future will will also learn this the hard way uh, that uh, that. Uh, as my niece, uh, my uh, my my eight-year-old niece says, right? Uh, children need boundaries, right? <laughs> um, right. So, right uh, when you're when you uh, you know having having boundless, undi- uh, unending love is good, right? But it is also important to to have rules and boundaries and uh, and and limitations uh, for uh, for uh, for that love. So when uh, when you have or you can't have a world that's totally built on on love and, and kindness. You also can't have a world that's totally built on power and justice. Right? No one could survive. Right? It's why we, we don't have, I mean, there are lawyers in this room, right? It's why we don't have um, uh, uh, robots or computers that, uh, that serve as our judges. We have people that serve as our judges. As much as people don't like the idea that compassion um, enters into uh, the, the um, judicial act, Right? We actually prefer it that way. Otherwise, we would have computers that do the work of judging. We would plug all the data into the computers and they would judge it. Right? So, um, so we need both of those things in the world. And so the Kabbalistic system imagines or envisions that, uh, that God has these sort of balancing powers on the right chesed, on the left gvura. Um, but despite that, um, they are very uncomfortable with uh, with with gvura right with um, and, and we even see this not in the Kabbalistic system right so the that language of Dean is something that we uh, when it comes to God is something that we don't like right so on uh, the high holidays we we implore God to kra roagzar dinenu right we ask God to um, uh, to rip up the negative judgment the Dean that has been levied again leveled against us 
Right? The idea of God's judgment we want to avoid. We, we do, right? Usually when God judges you, when usually when you say that God judges you, the outcome of the judgment is not in your favor. Well, yeah. I was going to say, isn't that somewhat of a Hasidic interpretation of the high holiday service? Because the judgment could be positive or negative. <laughs> so, that's, so that's actually, that's true. Um, that, I think, would be the Hasidic interpretation of the services. I think that the contextual meaning of it is... Uh, uh, I mean, it's Roag Zardineno, right? Roa is the, the bad decree, right. the bad uh, judgment like that, that's against us. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So it depends on how you translate that statement, right? It could be Kra Roag Zardineno, tear up the judgment against us that, that we feel is going to be bad for us, right? So the fear of it. Um, but in, right, but in any event, when you talk about like right, God's judgment, right, God's justice, um, uh, usually it is a, a, a sort of right. Usually you don't. Most people don't imagine that as an exonerative justice. Right? You, it's usually a, a punitive kind of justice. Right? God's judging you and saying, "Yeah, you you didn't do what you're supposed to do." So, you know, lightning bolt or whatever it is, right? um, fire and brimstone. Uh, and so the the yes. How about God listening to your desires, your entreaties? Mm -hmm. Isn't that a form of judgment? Sure, sure. Um, although, again, right, the um, it's interesting. I mean, I you know, usually when uh, in in the traditional literature, when something like that's talked about, God's answering it is an act of chesed and not an act of deen. The assumption is that. Um, that that people if people's uh, deeds were weighed in a scale, they would likely not be deserving. Um, so when God answers the prayer, it's an act of kindness rather than an act of strict judgment. Because if God were going to take it take it to the scales, um, we would probably be lacking. But I, I mean, conceivably, conceivably. It, it could be the other way, right? Conceivably, you could have a person where if God took it to the scales, right, that person should get whatever they want or whatever they ask for because, uh, because they deserve it, right? So there are the, the, I imagine there are people like that. Um, grandchildren. Grandchildren are all like that. Um, <laughs> um, but it's a, good, it's a good question, right? Um, but in any event, right, for the context of what we're looking at here, the assumption is that uh, that Dean Gvura is uh, is an is an attribute of God that you don't want to meet in a back alley, right? And uh, and that means that uh, that that on the human level, because this is all trying to um, um, extrapolate these divine virtues into what they would mean for a human being to emulate God. It means that uh, that that dean is not something that uh, um, that we would really want to try to emulate unless we understand it in a particular way. Right? And the way that uh, we we um, the way I want to suggest that uh, uh, the Torah Devora has us understand it is this idea of um, I always think of uh, of uh, the Beatles song Hey Jude. When I think of this, right, take a sad song and make it better, right? Take a take a bad attribute and make it better, right? So take a, take acts that um, in a vacuum um, would be considered, uh, according to at least medieval theology, negative acts, right? Um, or acts with the capacity for for evil or a, a higher 
probability of evil, right, and transform them through intentionality and purpose uh, to be good acts, right? So we talked last week about you know, the the um, um, the um, the evil inclination in a person, uh, in, according to the medievals, was um, was often you know understood to be the drive for. Uh, uh, the sexual drive, the drive for power and wealth and, and honor and glory and all those sort of things. Um, and, and what the Tomer Devorah is going to suggest is that, um, that, that those things, though, have the, though they have a higher capacity to be used for, for ill, they can be transformed to be for good. And we mentioned last week that the rabbis had this sort of thought experiment in the Talmud about what would happen in a world where there was no evil inclination. And no one had children, no one uh, had business, no one had a home. Right? All, so um, these things that, that can be associated negatively, um, if we didn't have them at all, we wouldn't have these things that we consider to be great positives for the human condition. Right? So here's what he says. Um, I'm at the bottom of... Kuf Membet in the Hebrew, that's uh, 142, and in the English, the very bottom of 102. Yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, the evil inclination needs to be bound and, uh, and tied down. Right? And this is uh, related to a concept in the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot, where it says, Ezehu Gibor HaKovesh Who's a, a powerful person? Someone who can conquer their evil inclination. It doesn't mean they're destroy it entirely. It means control it. Right? So it, it doesn't mean a person who doesn't have any evil inclination at all. That's not a powerful person. A powerful person is someone who can, who can control their evil inclination, use it to their, uh, to, their, to, their, to their good instead of for their ill. Direct it. Direct that power. You, you're shaking your head? No, I'm just reading ahead. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right. So um, this is some wild stuff. Yeah. Um, again, I, you know, I, I, like this was this was our problem with this chapter last week. Um, it's it you know there there are elements of uh, what Cordovero suggests that I think are really powerful and deep and beautiful, and there are some that are very much a product of his being a uh, medieval. Um, one of the one of those things. A medieval male, right? One of one of those things is his uh, attitude toward women. Um, so I don't want to totally, you know, exonerate him by saying he's just a product of his time because he's responsible for his own opinions. Um, but at, at the very least, he's a product of his time, right? So, um, so I, you know, I, I thoughts down on paper, right? He, right? He he happened to leave them for posterity. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't think that we need to um, to enter into apologetics for what what he said. Although I do think that that if we can distill the kernel of what he's talking about without necessarily the the way he applies it um, and and tries to illustrate it, uh, I think that we might be able to still uh, take some meaning out of it. So he says that the that the a person's yitzar hara should be uh, bound and tied up. Right, he should be able to control it. Right, so that way it's not aroused on its own for any of his bodily needs. Right, so that, that he controls when he has a sexual urge. Right? He's not dictated to by his sexual urge. 
לא לחימוד ביאה, ולא לחמדת ממון, ולא לצד כעס, ולא לצד כבוד כלל. Right? So, so he's not controlled by his desire for sex, or by his desire for money, or by his anger, or by his uh, pursuit of honor. Right? Those things in and of themselves aren't necessarily bad. It's bad if you are controlled by those drives, is what he's saying. I think that's a message to the Orthodox in Israel, the Haredi, who try to control their urges by controlling the women and hiding them and putting them elsewhere. Well, right. So, exa- I mean, that's exactly, I mean, that's, that's straight out of what he's going to, um, you know, continue, to, or what I, rather maybe a little bit more what we said last week. Right? He's saying that or one of the best ways to do that is to, um, uh, you know, um, make sure that you don't see women, right? Make sure you're right. Um, right. So, I, I, I think that, that is... But this is talking about self-control. Right. Right. But right, it is talking about self-control, um, and uh, I think that because because of the way uh, some in the Orthodox world uh, view women as um, as being not their own full human beings, right? Uh, it is a measure of self-control to control um, them, yeah. right? Um, but I, but I, I don't think that that's a necessary implication of what he's saying here. I think that self-control could literally be self-control. So, if you, if you, uh, you know, the the fact that you that I that I see a beautiful woman walking down the street doesn't mean that I have to get sexually aroused by that woman. And even if I do, it doesn't mean that I have to let that arousal control my behavior. Right? Um, You're allowed to look. What? You're still allowed to look. <laughs> That's the question my... is you're not allowed to look if it's going to in some way affect you I, I, I don't want to slow you down too much but the word evil um, it bothers me because at least in today's use it has a connotation which doesn't make sense to me um, Yetzir Hara what, how could you best translate it, you know, without getting into the, the, all of the modern inferences of English words. And if you can't do it in four <laughs> seconds, forget it. <laughs> get it from me another time. Yeah, I got I to gotta think about that because, uh, you know, w- language is a very loaded thing, right? So, so when we say evil, people mean some very specific things. Um, I think I mentioned last week that Rabbi Ira Stone uh, terms it as uh, the the drive for self for selfishness, and the Yetzer Tov is the drive for selflessness. Um, that might be a good way of understanding it, although I think it's I not think without it's, its problems. It, the, yeah. the idea here is the word evil implies everything that's wrong, by mm-hmm. definition, almost mm-hmm. the word, and I don't think that's what he means here. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think he means? I think you, the, the word selfishness might be a better. You're talking uh-huh. about a, a, a point of view. I mean, yeah. animal drives, if you like, but I'm not sure that's a good one either. Right, I'm not sure that's a good one either because I, I also, I mean, it, it's, it's tough because he's not saying that the Yetzer Ra is necessarily in itself um, uh, evil. Right, it's the it it, it 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 can incline you to do bad things, yeah. but the but the drive itself is it it seems sort of morally neutral, right? The fact that you are a sexual being is not in itself um, a, a moral negative, right? It can end up being a moral negative depending on how you act on it and whether or not you're in control of that but drive. You see, right? Some of that, I, I think, 
I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, mm-hmm. is coming from today's view. Yes. Yes. Clearly, we have to read right. this so, from his view. Right, that's true. And, and, and he's very, I think, influenced by, um, uh, although he may not be aware of it, by uh, a sort of a Platonic philosophy um, in which uh, your, um, your, your divine attribute, right, your divine self is your truest self, your animal self is what's holding you back and trapping your divine attributes. So the goal is to shed as much of the animal as possible to free as much of the divine as possible. Right? Um, In the abstract, that's very good, yeah. but it's abstract. Right. And it's also not, it's also not, uh, not, I mean, well, anyway, that's maybe another conversation, but it, right, it's, um, you want to get this yeah. thing done. Um, well, all right. So we'll, we may not finish the whole thing, but we'll finish enough of it, uh, that we can claim to finish this whole chapter and then we'll move on to the next chapter next week. Because I think in the next, uh, in the next, uh, sentence or two, uh, he really lays out, uh, the, the message here. So, Omnam Litzorach Ishto, right, again, this might come off as uh, as as somewhat uh, chauvinistic, um, although depending on your approach to it, it might actually sound kind of nice. Omnam Right. So when when it comes to uh, to fulfilling a, a person's uh, a wife's needs, he can arouse his uh, this inclination um, uh, for pleasantries, right? Uh, to uh, uh, for 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 like a, a, a sweet kind of power. Right, so he can um, he, the 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 yitzer hara, or I think you're right. Or it doesn't have to be evil inclination, but this drive that uh, that uh, for 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 uh, money and honor and beauty and adornment and sexuality can have very positive manifestations, right? It's the sort of thing that can lead you to say, um, I should make sure that my wife has nice clothes. And I should make sure that, uh, my, that my, I, under, right, I understand, right, that, uh, that right, why, should, why can't it also be uh, a, um, a sort of a, a, a mutual conversation, right, that both spouses say, you know, that we have a drive to support each other and have, give each other a pleasant life and all that sort of thing, right? So there is a, a chauvinistic quality to what he's saying here. But let's, let's just... You know, sort of take it out of the example he's giving for a second, right? But it's like the rabbi said, right? That uh, that a world without a yetzer hara is a world where there's no children and there's no beauty and there's no art and there's no commerce and right. right? So the 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 inclination itself doesn't have to be bad. It can be if it's controlled. It can be used for very positive things, right? And you can say that through this, um, through doing these kind of acts, I'm actually. Um, repairing or completing the divine presence. Shehi meets kashetet babina because the divine presence is adorned with uh, with uh, with understanding. Understanding, if uh, if you can envision the chart of the Sfirot, is the uh, left side of the of the Sfirot, right? So that uh, that God's presence is adorned according to a Kabbalistic statement by uh, by by. Things of the left side of God, right? So uh, we say in uh, in the Shiratayam, the Song of the Sea, Ze Eliva Anvehu. Right? This is my God, and I will adorn God. Right? And so one of the questions the rabbis frequently ask about the statement is, well, how does one adorn God? Right? And here is one in, it, it, example of that: right? that God is beautified, right? That God can be glorified, right? Through 
elements of the left, right? God can be glorified through God's power, right? If God's power doesn't make God grotesque, right? So God can use that power for very beautiful and positive things. And like we're saying with children, right? Like my eight-year-old niece says, children need, children need boundaries, right? That's a very beautiful thing, a positive thing that the, that the left-hand side of God can or the left-hand side of people, right, the power, the judgment, justice of, of people, boundaries of people, right? the left-hand side of God can also accomplish that sort of um, goodness through, um, a, um, through what could otherwise be a negative quality. Um, right? So it's from the left side of the Sfirot. Right? They, they actually um, um, sweeten God. Uh, through uh, through abundant compassion, therefore all uh, the accoutrements of a of a house are also accoutrements of the uh, divine presence. That are sweetened from the uh, from the side of the yetsar hara. Right, because the yetsar was also created to do God's will. Right, so so the 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 language of you, it's your animal drive. And therefore, is the ungodly part of you is actually not true? He's saying right? the Yitzharah wasn't created to 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 pull you down and to make you ungodly. The Yitzharah was created to help make you and the world more godly if you can harness it, if you can use it properly. Remember, the same thing is true with Chesed, right? You the boundless. We I mean, we had our problems with Chesed in this class. God's kindness, right, and our own kindness to people, right. So unbridled kindness can also be a bad thing, depending on how you use it. So it's also important to have control over your kindness and compassion too, to know when it's appropriate to act that way and when it's not. Um, Right, so um, therefore, a person shouldn't uh, shouldn't intend through using their yetsar uh, hara any kind of uh, uh, um, uh, pleasantries or or benefit. Right, so it's he should he should do it. Um, so that uh, that that his that it makes his wife happy um, in a nice house, right? And that all of this kind of action, right? Not necessarily that specific one that has these uh, sort of uh, chauvinistic overtones, but that kind of act that involves utilizing the yetzer hara for positivity, right? Um, if you intend to do it for the welfare of God's presence, for the benefit, for repairing God's presence, right? For repairing take it out of the metaphysical realm for, for, for making your life, the life of the people around you, the world, a better place. Right? Because God's presence can be perfected through the left-hand side, through power, uh, through these virtues, be, um, that from there come wealth and glory. Right? Those aren't inherently bad things. They can be used for the good. So let me just skip to the very bottom here. In all this way is a, a, a means of accomplishing. It's on the back of the uh, uh, of the English sheet here. Right? All this... 
All this is a means of accomplishing um, all the good good things that can come through Yetzer Hara. Yehi ikaram Hashem lo Kenegdo, right? The, their essence is to uh, is to uh, perfect or to help um, a, a person's wife, right? Or but I don't think it needs to be literally your wife. I think it could be um, uh, uh, anybody that might benefit from uh, from expressions of your uh, of of, be, of being made beautiful, of comfort, of your wealth, right? Um, uh, if your wealth is not used selfishly, if it's used to the better betterment of others. Right, um, your glory, your power, your your honors used to the betterment of others. Um, right, so you can transform all of these virtues that might otherwise be used for negativity to be in the service of God. Right, that's why it got me thinking of uh, of Hey Jude. Right, take a sad song and make it better. Take ne- what otherwise would be negative attributes and use them for the divine service. Because as he said, they were created for that reason, not to drag us down out of the divine service. <laughs>